Welcome to Stony Brook Church. We are so glad that you are here in worship with us today. You may notice we've got some guests in our midst. I am Pastor Jennifer Casey. I bring you greetings on behalf of our preacher of the day, Pastor David Hoffman, along with our Pastor Emeritus, Pastor Bob Thomas. As we begin our time together, you will find your connection card in your bulletin packet or online at stonybrook.church worship. We invite you to fill that out at some point during the worship service. It's just a way that you can share with us that you were in worship with us today. It's also a place where you can share any joys or concerns you have with the congregation and a place where you can register for upcoming events and ministry opportunities. This morning, we would like to welcome our Ohio Northern University singers. <laughs> Under the direction of Dr. Christopher Larson. <laughs> and we also welcome special guests uh, with us today, Ohio Northern President, Dr. Daniel D. DiBiasio and First Lady Chris Burns DiBiasio. <laughs> president DiBiasio is currently serving as Ohio Northern's 11th president and will be retiring this summer after serving Ohio Northern for the past 11 years. This is a special year for Ohio Northern as the university is celebrating 150 years of serving students. It's a <laughs> what is that called? Did you get that? <laughs> President and First Lady, thank you for joining us. Choir, thank you for joining us. Director, thank you for joining us. We are excited to have them in worship with us today. And you are also uh, reminded that you can come back at 1 p.m. today for a concert, bring a friend or a neighbor and a canned good as we donate our canned goods to our ministry partner, Gahanna Residents in Need. Stony Brook is known for its hospitality. I don't think that's any secret amongst you all. Uh, from our greeters to our ushers to our online worship hosts. And we are in a season where we are looking for more servants to serve on the hospitality team. If you are feeling uh, drawn to, called to serving on the hospitality team, uh, I invite you to find the information in your bulletin packet or online at stonybrook.com church, uh, or you can reach out to our hospitality coordinator, Aaron Southern, for some more information. Our Easter extravaganza for our children will be held on April 9th from 10 to noon. Uh, our children can be registered for this outside event online at stonybrook.church kids. Now, Ms. Kristen, our Director of Children's Ministries, is looking for all of us as the adults to help pull off this ministry opportunity for our children. 
So she said she's looking for uh, adults that can help the Easter Bunny stuff the Easter eggs. So if you'd like to do that, you simply take all the supplies home, stuff the eggs, and bring them back. She's also looking for people to help on the day of the event, of the event help with hospitality and some other needs that they have. So you can sign up for any of those on the back of your connection card, uh, or you can reach out to uh, Miss Kristen uh, through her email. You can find all of this information that I have shared and so much more about the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church at stonybrook.church uh, or in your bulletin packets today. I invite you now to quiet your hearts and your minds as our prelude prepares us for worship.
I invite you as you are able to rise in body or in spirit for our call to worship. You will find your responses in bold on the screen. How shall we live in the love of God? We will treat one another with fairness and dignity. How shall we witness God's forgiving love? We will reach out to others with compassion. Come, let us worship God who has always loved us. Let our worship of God be reflected in our lives of hope and peace. Amen. Let us continue worshiping by singing together, O day of God, draw nigh. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. Stuart and Dana Moynihan present their son Bruin for holy baptism. Bruin's name means bear. He loves being outside. And he was named in tribute to his grandfather, Bruce. Bruin's four-year-old brother, Jack, 
was also baptized here, and he will be helping with the water a little later on. And so, Dana and Stu, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness and reject the evil powers of this world and repent of your sin? If so, answer, I do. You accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. If so, say, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, answer, I do. Will you nurture your son in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, to profess his faith openly, and to lead a Christian life. If so, say, I will. I will. And to you, the congregation, to you as Christ's body of the church, reaffirm your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ. If so, answer, we do. Amen. And will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include Bruin and his family now before you in your care? How will you respond? With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround Bruin with a community of love and forgiveness that he may grow in his service to others. We will pray for Bruin that he may be a true disciple who walks in the way that leads to life. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water, and after the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Then in the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and Bruin who receives it this day to wash away sins and clothe him in righteousness throughout his life. That dying being raised with Christ, he may share in his final victory. And the people said, Amen. Jack, will you help me now as we pour the water into the bowl? Grab the pitcher. Okay, this is, we're going to have to have a little help. So let's see what we can do. There we go. Now we're going to pour. Lift it up. There we go. Yep. There, that was great. Thanks, Jack. Would you like to come to me? You do that. Let's do that. Let's see what happened. There we go. What name is given this boy? Bruin James. Bruin James. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There we go. You did good. <laughs> Members of the household of God, I commend Stu, Dana, Jack, and Bruin to your love and care. So you do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. How will you respond? We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. 
as members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of Stony Brook United Methodist Church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, to establish you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you may live always in grace. Amen. Will you help me welcome Bruin into the family? Thank you for helping today. You're welcome. See you later. Thanks for your help. You guys can be seated. Let us turn our hearts now to a time of prayer. Sometimes there are no words. The experiences of this life the emotions we feel, the confounding nature of living can leave us speechless, grappling to express something, anything to you. Sometimes there are no words for grief which pierces our hearts, for worry over loved ones, for anger over wrongs, for fear permeating our world. Sometimes there are no words for the pain living in our bodies, for the anxiety residing in our brains, for the loneliness creeping into our souls. Sometimes there are no words for the war which we witness from afar, from the wars we witness close to home, from the wars we experience within our own spirits. Sometimes there are no words. For conflicting emotions experienced at the exact same time, for hints of the green of spring blending into the brown of winter, sometimes there are no words. For the beauty of voices blending in song, for the baptism of a child, for the worship of you, Sometimes there are no words for the joy which this life brings, for the love which we have for you, for the sheer gratitude we hold in our hearts for your presence. Sometimes there are no words, O oh God, and yet you know exactly what is in our hearts. And so today, we are thankful for the gift of the prayer that Jesus taught so during those times when there are no words, we can pray this prayer together, especially when we have no words. We join our voices together saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. 
Amen.
Amen. Thank you for sharing your gift of music with us this morning. As we continue our sermon series on the Beatitudes, today's scripture comes from the sixth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verses 1 through 8. Hear these words. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray... Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Friends, this is the word of God for all of God's children. Thanks be to God. Let us join now in singing our response. Let us pray. Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, 
a heart of love that we may serve thee, and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. This is our prayer this day. Amen. Beware of practicing our piety before others. Hmm, (laughs) that's not so easy. (laughs) The minute that we bring it up, the minute that we think about it, we become hyper-focused and cognizant that we are practicing our piety. It is hard to draw attention to it without drawing attention to it. The second that we try to define how we live out our faith and our religious beliefs, our devotion to God, it enters into our consciousness. We might even find ourselves asking, am I doing enough? It's a tricky thing, and we have to be careful. And I think more than anything, Jesus was trying to help us become aware of not our religious practices, but of our intentions. Maybe we should be asking ourselves, are we practicing our righteousness for our own sake or for God's sake? One commentator says that what Jesus is teaching his disciples is that the very purpose of almsgiving and prayer and religious observance is to deliver us from the debilitating and exorbitant self-consciousness that dogs our lives. Salvation for the self-absorbed creatures like us means finally, or at least intermittently, to lose our precious selves in the other the other who is the recipient of our alms, the other who hears our prayers when we pray, the others who who wonder what our religion really comes to if it is not more than just for public promotion and self-display. During Lent, we are usually challenged to examine our intentions, but it doesn't stop there. We are asked to go a step further and commit to returning or turning towards God for righteousness' sake. Jesus' words about giving to others and praying and fasting in private may be misinterpreted when they suggest that these things should not be done publicly. Unfortunately, we have made our practice of faith so private that there is little to no accountability. Will someone know if I'm growing in my faithfulness? If I'm praying or fasting or reading my Bible and giving generously to others? We become so private, dare I say, lax in our practice of faith that we have failed to pass on our very basic methods of faith onto those who have come and those who will come after us. Faith must be always shared. Someone took time to share their faith with us. There's always room for us to grow in our faith. Let's look briefly at the three disciplines that Jesus mentions in the Sermon on the Mount in this sixth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew and how they can help us as we continue in our journey of Lent. Prayer is, of course, one way that we draw closer to God. 
It is our conscious contact with God. Some have described prayer as a a time of immersing ourselves into God's presence, a time of listening and meditation where we wait upon and we engage in God's company and begin to take on God's character, to love as God loves. We begin to understand what what troubles and, and breaks the heart of God which seems to have become so evident lately in the faces and lives of those in the Ukraine. And sometimes in praying, we we just don't know where to start. As Pastor Jennifer mentioned, we don't have the words. If you've not already been practicing a daily discipline of prayer, let me suggest that in in the final 23 days of Lent, that you take up the practice of praying. Try praying three times a day in the morning and at noon and again before you go to bed. If you need a reminder, set an alarm on your smartphone. (laughs) But it need not be long, just intentional. I suggest that maybe a prayer book or just using the Psalms and just start at the beginning. Pray by reading one of the Psalms and make it your prayer. And then next, take a moment and sit in silence and just listen. And then when you are ready, finish by praying the Lord's Prayer. Next, fasting mentioned later in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew is also one of the ancient disciplines recognized in Holy Scripture. And traditionally, fasting is an expression of our submission to God. But it's more than submission to God. It's a way for us to experience just how dependent upon God each of us is for our very lives. There are many kinds of fasts. We don't need to participate in in a complete fast to understand its benefits. Some have already given up things for Lent. Some have given up meat. Others of us have given up those things that represent guilty pleasures like potato chips or pizza, caffeine, smoking, alcohol, or chocolate. Remember, remember that Sundays are many Easter's and not part of Lent. (laughs) It's important to know the technicalities, right? (laughs) At the beginning of Lent, a pastor and his wife sat down at the dinner table with their three daughters, ages 6, 8, and 11. They attempted to explain the season of Lent and some of the practices that go along with it. Lent the pastor begins, is a time to do what the Bible calls repent. This means that that when we we walk toward God and not away from God, that we say that we are sorry for the things that we have not done right or the things that we have failed to do. Lent is also a time when many Christians think about how they are living and as they get ready to celebrate Easter, well, so far, so good. The girls' eyes were locked on the pastor, and they, they hadn't yet become glazed over like some of your eyes are beginning to glaze over right now. <laughs> some people, the pastor continued, like to show that they are, are thinking more about Jesus during this time and, and give something up in their lives that, they, that has just become too important or a distraction for them, like social media, coffee, or dessert, or binge-watching the latest 
series on Netflix. <laughs> it doesn't make God love us more. It just makes us more open to God and our lives less cluttered. The girls were still with the pastor, but questioning looks had begun, and the pastor moves forward. We would like to do the same as a family. We want to show God that we are thinking of him in a special way. Your mom and I are going to give up all desserts until Easter. We want you girls to think of something that you could give up, something that means a lot to you. The oldest daughter said, I will give up candy. Me too, the middle daughter chimed in. The youngest, and it's always the youngest. The youngest pondered the question a, a little longer. Her six-year-old mind was working all of the angles. The pastor figured that she was letting his deep teaching sink in, considering what it meant to her. She finally nodded with satisfaction at her thoughtful conclusion and said confidently, I want to give up consequences. <laughs> Friends, fasting is a way of pointing out those very things for which we hunger in life and then allows us to direct that hunger and that thirst and that energy back to God and once we get past the struggle of wrestling with whatever we decide to give up, fasting can clear our mind and cleanse our spirit and draw us back into an intentional dependence upon God, away from those things that have just become too important and distracting in our lives. It can also be a way for us to understand the emptiness, aligning ourselves with what Jesus must have experienced in his time of fasting and his time in the wilderness. Through fasting, we can discover a deep hunger for God. It enables us to step away from all that consumes us, even the busyness surrounding us, the busyness that surrounds us without even thinking about it, to remember God as a source and substance of our lives. Fasting allows us the opportunity to let go of old ways that often lead to pain and heartache, enabling us to start over. We empty ourselves to be filled with something brand new. The third discipline is the intentional but hidden acts of charity and giving to others. Why hidden? Jesus is quite clear that our acts of compassion are offered for their own sake rather than for our reward or good favor. Care for those in need. Those in need right here and within our community is a cornerstone of what it means to bring God's kingdom here on earth. Our current picture of, of charity and, and giving to others, I think it's a sign of how far we have grown away from those roots or how little the world understands God's command. Even the word charity has taken on a, a negative connotation and that is primarily seen as something that is now the responsibility of organizations rather than individuals. We are no longer held accountable as individuals to give of ourselves. Horace Smith says this, charity 
begins at home and all too often ends where it begins. While it's true that we can do so much more together than what we can do as individuals, our giving and our charity, whatever that represents and all of its fullness is supposed to be limited to how God has blessed us. Most of us give of ourselves, our time, our energy, our resources, our gifts at a level not at generosity or blessedness, but out of fear of scarcity and limitedness. And then we often grumble about it. Friends, you and I are invited to respond to one another as God has responded to us. We are to care for those with more significant needs in the same way that God has cared for our own needs. Jesus said that when we do things in public only for the acclaim that such acts create, then we automatically receive our reward. He was not suggesting that we must somehow enter into seclusion in order to give and to pray or to fast, but only that we are clear about our own motivation and our intentions. If we are on, the only reason we are practicing our faith is for recognition, then we've already received our reward and are fooling no one but ourselves. There are many ways, many ways to be public with our piety, not for recognition, but to declare our faith, to be God's hands and feet, not only in this community, but in our world. And I can promise, I can promise that God will meet us there and that God will bless us in the process. May it be so. Amen. We intentionally give our financial gifts to the church because God is an abundant God and God has blessed each and every one of us in a variety of ways abundantly. And it is with this blessing that we get to bless our community, bless the world, and then we get blessed in return. You can give your financial gifts uh, by dropping your gift in the basket on the way out. You can give online at stonybrook.church give, or you can mail your financial gift into the church offering. We are thankful for all of the ways that you offer yourself uh, to God through the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church. I'd invite you to rise as you are able as we sing our doxology together.
abundant love in our lives. We offer these gifts back to you. We ask that you bless them, multiply them, and use us to move these gifts through our community and beyond so that all who come to receive them know of your great love in their lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.
And now may the grace and love of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge of love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ. May the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be among us this day and remain with us forever. Amen. I invite you to be seated and again reminding you that the University Singers will be uh, presenting a concert at 1 o'clock today. Thank you. 